Hey y'all, it's your favorite host, and I wanted to just pop in here to say, uh, if you're enjoying the show uh, and you'd like to give us some support, the best way to do that is through Patreon. Uh, I've launched the Patreon with a couple of tiers. There's a $3 tier, which gives you access to the Discord, and you come hang out with uh, me and the other friends inside of that, uh, and just kind of talk the show, talk a bunch of different nerd stuff. And then there is a, another tier, an $8 tier, uh, where you can get early access to episodes ad-free. Um, you will also get free access to all uh, micro-RPGs that I create in the future. Yeah, so again, uh, thank you so much for listening to the show. Um, if you'd like to give additional support, that's one way to do it. Another great way to do it is just, you know, go on to whatever platform you're listening to and rate the podcast, subscribe, uh, follow, leave a review if you can. Um, those things really help gain visibility for the show, and it is always greatly appreciated. Link is in the description. Thank you so much, and back to the episode. Welcome to the Secret Nerd Podcast, where we think everyone should play tabletop RPGs and give you some reasons why. tonight's episode i have with me a game developer uh the creator of a game that looks incredible it's called tidebreaker uh yeah if you'd like to introduce yourself hey what up yo my name is nick butler um like my homies just said like i write uh for tidebreaker rpg uh find it at tidebreakerrpg.com find it on my twitter at follow my blade let's go (laughs) yes sir Awesome. Well, yeah. So, you know, um, kind of like I mentioned, where we always get started is just like, how did, how did you get into nerd stuff as a kid? Um, or when did it really start for you? Yo, um, when I was a youngin', man, like, I don't know. Like, my mama just got me action figures, and I started watching a whole bunch of cartoons and shit. Yeah. I mean, and then ain't really had a name to it. I was just like, yo, I like Ninja Turtles and Star Wars and... Like lasers and shit. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then I got yeah. like a Nintendo, and I was like, "Yo, I love video games and shit." Oh, I got the Ninja Turtles on my TV, and um, you know, yeah. a little old Konami game that nobody remember called Phantom Fighter. Yeah, and like it just kind of just snowballed from there. Yo, Phantom Fighter is ill though. If you should go back and check that out. I have to check it out. Yeah, I wonder see like, if it's on like an emulator or something. Oh yeah, it definitely is. I played it like last year. It was oh, like nice. I was okay. having a nostalgia <laughs> kick, bro. Like, <laughs> like, oh, um, I was like, home homes could do like the little Luke Kang bicycle kick. Yeah, and yeah. that was like ten years before Mortal Kombat. Wow. Yeah, so they probably stole some of that stuff. Or I wonder, um, were they the same developer that made Mortal Kombat? Um, nah, uh, Mortal Kombat was Midway originally. Okay, if I recall. Yeah. And I don't think Midway is owned by Konami. Because I believe Konami did Phantom Fighter. Let me double check that real quick. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I think for me personally, I I definitely got into fighting games when I was younger. Um, and nope, FCI. FCI. Oh, way off. <laughs> FCI don't exist anymore, though. Yeah. It probably got bought out or <laughs> absorbed or something. Um, yeah, I do remember when I was a kid, I used to love the fighting games. And I now... I can play them for a little bit, but I I get so bored of them so quick. I don't, do you oh, still no. have a love for them? Oh no, I still <laughs> got the love. You do, yeah. I ain't gonna hold you. I don't be playing them. It's just like I like I, as much as I talk about it on Twitter. Like you think I would just be like <laughs> in the lab right now, just dead ass like talking to you while playing Street Fighter, looking on the TV over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. I mean, what, you know, for you, I mean, obviously as a kid, it's it's just exciting. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, now, like, do you still, what's the appeal to fighting games for you? Because I think probably, too, like having a more mature mind and an understanding of game development, I'm curious. I think um, nowadays when I go back into it, I just really like all of the interactions. Okay. Like, um, there was this, jeez, uh, I can't remember where I heard him say, I think it was like a GDC conference, but Sid Meier said that uh, games is just a sequence of interesting choices. Yeah. Right? 
And if you don't have interesting choices, and here I'm definitely paraphrasing the shit out of Holmes, but <laughs> yeah, the yeah. game's trash. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, but fighting games are just a lot of interesting choices being made real quick. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Between your spacing, choice of moves, timing, even yeah. like what time that you do it on what side of the screen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because like you do like a cross up on somebody, you could be doing that because you know it's gonna mess up their input. And so like that's another thing about execution, but we could talk about that for like an hour. <laughs> so like let me just keep it moving from there. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a skill gap between like professional or even like high level online players to like just me downloading Street Fighter because it was free and getting online and trying to fight somebody. <laughs> yeah, yo, um, I wouldn't even feel bad if you're getting bodied online because <laughs> um, there was an article I saw a few years ago that like 90% of the like Street Fighter base online is in bronze. Is, is using mods? No, it's in bronze or lower. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, you were, like, top 10 percentile once you hit silver. <laughs> and and then there's, like, eight more ranks plus to go. Like, right, I, yeah. stock, I, don't, I don't remember all of them, but it's, like, silver, gold, diamond, platinum, and then, like, a whole bunch of masters above that. But, yeah. like, once you hit, like, ultra gold into diamond... You you got chances of running into folk like Smug and like Sonic Fox and shit. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> because like the player base at that at that um, level is so small oh, yeah. that all the grandmasters got to fight all the people like three or four ranks underneath them. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like once you win diamond, you one of the best in the world. Yeah, I mean once you win silver, you are like way past like the average fighting game player. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah. Just by their metrics. And, like, I, I, I am happily, like, one match, either or, from, from Silver and Bronze. So I am <laughs> either the best scrub or the worst of the average players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so different. Yeah, and, and, you know, back when it started for us, like, you know, when we were younger, it was like, oh, who's the best on the block or whatever? You know, like, who's the best? Oh, yeah, that was me. Group? All day, yeah. every day. <laughs> yeah. Did you did you stick to like the fighting games when it came to um, the systems? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the sneaking in though because fighting games kind of like a dirty word in tabletop space. You know what I mean? People <laughs> yeah. people be like, "Oh man, I don't know." When they like, my fuck is just having like like trauma flashbacks and shit <laughs> from like getting button mashing and somebody just comboing them for like forty five seconds straight in Marvel or some shit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So yeah. I'm like, no, there, there's. There's fighting game inspired things, but it's not in the, the marketing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just like if you know, you know. If you don't, then you're like, hey, this mechanic's kind of interesting. I'm like, cool. I stole that from Street Fighter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, let's talk about that though, because I think that there is something interesting about the dynamic between like a fighting game, which is a one v one fight, right? Mm-hmm. Versus usually, a, yeah. yeah. I mean, typically, um, or versus a TTRPG, which is typically a cooperative um thing but like you said you there's you can easily pull stuff in i mean you'd look at even if we break it down to D, right like the most basic everybody knows this game you have monks and you have fighters who are martial classes they do stuff that's inspired by those games only they do it super slow because you can only hit one time in six seconds um but you know. yeah i mean they, they say it's you're having a full exchange in the six seconds but yeah. like are you <laughs> are you really like how many tables have you like gone to where they've like oh you have like this very interesting like exchange of blows where you're parrying and back dancing back and forth like at the table who actually describes this shit like that yeah I, it's it's pretty rough i like as a dm i know that i try to remember like what hit what didn't hit and then as the battle goes on like talk back about those things but it's not every time for sure and it's it's so hard to do to keep track of that many attacks and that many misses and you know everything yeah, else it's just you know to describe it as a as a true like flurry um you know yeah like it's <laughs> that like whole exchange is kind of like yeah you could like put the flourish on it but i just yeah. feel like for for like a tr- more traditional game like that you're taking like a lot of time but 
you know, like, I think um, part of my experience on Twitter is just, like, really getting it hammered into my head that folks don't always play the game like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I played at a bunch of bad tables, mm-hmm. and it really soured my experience for, for D&D. Yeah. To the point where, like, yeah, I know there's better tables, but, I mean, at this point, I've already drived into the deep end of just that indie <laughs> shit. So, like, I don't even <laughs> want to go back. <laughs> yeah. That's 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 brutal. If, if you don't mind me asking, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? I'm from Connecticut, but I've okay. been all over the place. Um, yeah. I spent a good chunk of my teenage years in, in Virginia. Okay. And uh, then I kind of moved up. But for, before Virginia, I was in, like, Montana. Like, <laughs> just all over. Just, like, all over the place. Like, yeah. I, I didn't probably live there, and I don't really have too many memories about it. But, like, right, yeah. the, the important parts of my life started in VA, and they, they yeah. end here. <laughs> yeah when you um growing up there was there like a lot of other black folks around or in virginia yeah, yeah. okay there was like no white people oh, wow. <laughs> okay yeah. i mean there was white people but like yeah just not in not, not like in connecticut right yeah like, for sure. like virginia is very like at least where i lived in i lived in richmond um, okay so i lived in a very urban uh center yeah that's like outside of dc right uh, or am I confusing that? You're confusing a tad. Uh, DC is in the is like a state That's, above. Okay, it's not even really a state. Right. DC is a is kind of like its own controlled zone. R- right? Yeah, yeah. I just, I mean, there's like, I feel like there's like three of the three states that surround it. There's like three big cities that all kind of get close, and obviously, Richmond is kind of like. If I recall, more like in the middle of Virginia. Okay. So like, it's not really like, like that close to DC. It was like maybe like an hour drive. Gotcha. And and growing and and in Richmond, did you encounter a lot of other folks that like played TTRPGs and video games and stuff like that? Man, I didn't even know what that shit was until I moved back to Connecticut. Okay. How old were you uh, at that time? Uh, I want to say like eleven, twelve. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, you know, so you, you said you kind of had bad experiences and we won't dwell on those, but like, w- how did you find other games? Like, you know, what led you to, obviously what I le- led you is the bad experience it sounds like, but like what, how did you find other indie games and stuff like that? Um, at first it was just kind of diving into the, uh, friendly lo- uh, gaming shops, friendly local gaming shop, FLGS. Yeah. Um, uh, and then just picking up, like other books just stuff that looked interesting yeah and then um i'll say like 2003 2004 something i was in college and um i picked up a little game called thrash by my homie aaron clooney okay um, like he's working on some tables for me so it's kind of like funny how, how yeah. shit <laughs> kind of wraps around like you know what I'm saying? But yeah. uh, I picked up his game and I was like, yo, niggas is making their own shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I found World of Darkness at the same time. And I was okay. just like, oh, snap. Like, yeah. there's like a whole world outside of D&D. Because yeah. like, I had been trying to like take stuff from other games right. to make D&D better. Okay. And then like somewhere along the line, someone was like, bruh, stop trying to fix it. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? You got a good point. Yeah. Especially because, like, the folks I was playing with didn't really want to fix it. They were enjoying it. I was the only one that had a problem. So the problem was me. I was the toxic one in the group, mm. so to yeah. speak. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because everybody else just having fun, and I'm the one being like, yo, I don't like this. Like, yeah. Like, these mechanics are boring. Like, I want to be like, like the shit that they um, was talking about, you know? Because, like, I remember, yeah. like, they were comparing the typical fighter to like Kukulain, who's of uh, Irish legend. Uh, right? Okay. Yeah. The Kukulain was basically like the Incredible Hulk, but like one of those more modern versions where it's like very body horror and tentacles and shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like coming out of him. Yeah. And I'm like, the rules don't support that at all. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. like, like, and like, like. Take the body horror stuff out of the Kukulain story, and like he still does feats like literally like swimming across the ocean, yeah, while having a kraken and a chokehold, 
Like, so he got the motherfucking, like, in one arm and just stroking with the other. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then, like, just just across the channel. Right. No big deal. How many rolls would have that been in 3.5? Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Like, it wouldn't matter how high his strength score was, how no. high his athletics was. That nigga would have drowned. Yeah. Or the Kraken sure. would have ate him because, right. like, on a 1v1, the Kraken would have just beat him because, like, yeah. fucking, like, eight natural attacks versus his, like, sits if he's, like, yeah. a level 20 character. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he, and, like, and, and, like, the Kraken would have been like, oh, and by the way, if I land any of these, I also get an improved trip and a grapple and a blah, blah, blah. And now your whole kit is just shut down. Yeah. Like, GG. Like, bring a <laughs> wizard next time, dummy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there, and, there, there is a, there are a lot of limits in in D anD D, even at twentieth level. Yeah, you know, and the thing is, it's not a bad thing, right? Um, it's just like what I've what I've come to like accept is that D anD D does a f- one specific type of storytelling very well, and it can be modified to do other things well. Yeah, like a lot of people are like, "Oh man, D anD D can't do that." Yeah, it can, um, because ultimately you're doing a role play and you have rule zero. Yeah. You can effectively do whatever the fuck you want in Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. But I'm a rules as written guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So at so at that side, yeah, I do agree. It it doesn't do that stuff well. Yeah. I would rather the rules as written say, yes, I can put a kraken in a chokehold while swimming across the ocean and get it done in one scene with like two or three rolls tops. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um so like it just kind of came down to it's just like Hey man, D and D is doing what it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You know, like even if the fluff text doesn't quite match that, the thing is, is that it is more or less doing what it's selling itself to do. Yeah, you know, and like I only really came to terms with that like, like the middle of last year, like right after my Kickstarter. I was just kind of like, should I really be hating on this shit anymore? <laughs> like, do I need to give it that much energy? Yeah. Like, motherfuckers that are going to buy my game are just going to buy my game anyway. Like, I'm not going to convince, like, the people that are, like, really, like, in the Wizards of the Coast camp to play something else unless they were already interested. Right. You know what I mean? If they made yeah. that jump on their own, hey, come holler at me. My yeah. mechanics are dope. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying stop playing Dungeons and Dragons. I'm not even saying play other games. But if you're ready to, yeah, play mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, that's that's really interesting. When did when did you start to? Because it sounds like you, what's the word? Game design. Like you were already starting to design stuff to make what you wanted work um, at an early age. So, like, when did you? You know, when was it? Like, okay, I want to develop a game now. When did that really happen for you? I've been doing game design seriously, and not just like homebrewing stuff. Yeah, for about I want to say five years now. Okay. Um. I had been tinkering with some stuff uh, in the R slash RPG uh, design forum for quite some time. And uh, I was doing like this Afro um, futuristic slash uh, Wuja. I keep saying that wrong. Like, I I, I hope I hope my my Chinese homies aren't watching this. They're going to laugh at me. (laughs) 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 Uh, Yeah. But, you know, I was doing I was doing that stuff for a little bit. Um, I eventually dropped that project, but that work had uh, got me some attention okay. um, because I was doing like some wild shit that just yeah. doesn't work. But like, <laughs> I'm going to go back to it and make it work. <laughs> but, you know, I, I got the attention of my friend Smunchy, um, who, who runs Smunchy Games. Okay. And Smunchy and I talked about stuff a lot and um, he was doing something pretty big. Uh, for the space, like to the point where, like, I don't even really consider Smudgy indie. Like, Smudgy is a full blown publisher. Like, he's going to be like the Nets, like, uh, Paizo or something one day, you know? Yeah. Like, with his plans start coming online, like, Smudgy's got a good head for business. He's got the connections. So he's going to do it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, enough of me, like, like blowing him, uh, <laughs> so to speak, right? Uh, he, he saw my potential. Yeah. And, like he started mentoring me and um, he was working on uh, Path's world of a uh, 
which is his kind of like take on D and D, but with with really cool elephant monks that can wield nunchucks with their trunks. So <laughs> nice. you can try wield. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, like if I ever play paths, like that's going to be my character hands down. I'm just going <laughs> to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he he had this uh, he had this kid that like like didn't know anything about game dev. He was just like, I'm just going to make D and D, but bad. <laughs> and like I'm looking at the mechanics, I'm like these mechanics suck. Yeah, like I ain't gonna hold you, like Smutchy. You're gonna be paying motherfuckers to do this shit to help you do this shit. Like at least pay somebody that's done the homework. Yeah, and he was like a oh, word, <laughs> and I was like word, and he was like <laughs> he was like what you mean you? And I'm like nah, because I don't like your game. <laughs> but you could hire me to make something else for you, and I could show you that I'm better than this kid. Yeah. Um, and I've told this story a couple of times, and he was like word bet. And and I was like, yeah, give me a month. A month later, I came out with the prototype for Tidebreaker. Okay. And he saw that. He was like, yo, that's that shit. Smudgy's going to watch this later. He'll be like, I do not talk like that. Like, at all. <laughs> <laughs> Misrepresented, but it's paraphrasing. It's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Heavily. Heavily. <laughs> like, everybody going to sound like a black kid from Hartford, Connecticut. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. You're cooler sounding now. Thank right. you. <laughs> but, um, you know what I mean? So, I put, I put out the... Um, the demo for a tiebreaker and he yeah. picked it up and he was like, yo, this is cool. Yeah. Um, and then like a year later, like I had pretty much got to the point where I was almost done with it. And, uh, a lot of stuff happened. He, uh, he picked up my, my homie, uh, Leo blue Tuesdays on Twitter. Um, mm. who made parsley's parsley's is beautiful. Like, yeah. um, but between parsley's and the different paths related projects, he had like a little card game called Freda came out. Yeah. Um, which I believe was designed by Adam Bassett. It's pretty cool. Like you check out Frey. Yeah. Um, but he he had a lot of stuff going on, and Kickstarter only lets you do so much at one time. Okay. So when it came down to to my turn, you know, it was, he 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 hit me straight. He was like, "Yo, I'm not gonna be able to uh, to handle all of this until like 2024, 2025, something like that." Wow. And I had already been like you know, just hit his social media as hard as I could, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And just get everybody like excited about my work. Cause mm-hmm. I was like, yo, my game is ill. Check my shit out. Yeah. Like, you know, and I had built up enough hype to get myself from like nothing to like a thousand followers or something within that year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, with like no art or anything. I was just like, <laughs> like, unedited mechanics like i didn't even have the full pdf out i was just like look i'm gonna share a little bit of this game at a time i'm gonna talk yeah. about it i'm gonna like just be as big boisterous and just like badass as possible i was channeling my brick from borderlands you know what i mean <laughs> i was like it's porch time <laughs> all the time know what yeah. i mean um so I, I did all that put all that energy forth and then i was just like i'm gonna lose all that hype yeah people are gonna like two or three years later you know what i mean they're going to forget. Yeah. And and my shit is going to fall dead in the water. And I put in a lot of emotional energy into that. So I was like, yo, I can't do that. So Smunchy, um, he, he gave me the game. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, he gave me the game. And then I was like, all right, but now I'm cut off. You know, I don't have publisher backing anymore. Right. So it's just me. So at that point, I was like, Hey, I'm going to put out the early access PDF. I paid for my website and I paid way too much for my website. Don't do what I did. Like, I ain't going to hold you. The website's yeah. dope. It's got a lot of cool tools, but I probably could have did it for cheaper yeah. if I had like not been like in a spot where I was just kind of like do or die. Right. Um, but, you know, I put out the PDF. We made like $1,900 in a couple of months. And I took that money. I hired David Joyce. um, And like he did that picture that she's probably seen like 15 billion times. Like, yeah, yeah. The dude, the the afro and the lightning and shit. Yeah. And I was like, yo, this shit go hard. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, David Joyce killed that, bro. Like, um, and so like I put that out and I got a couple other pictures from a couple of artists. 
And I got I, I talked to um, Francita, by Francita on Twitter. Um, and, you know, like you probably heard her. She everywhere. <laughs> um, but like I got everybody together and I was like, yo, we about to do this Kickstarter. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna put this shit out for my birthday. We got six months. Let's get it. Yeah. You know, I just need um to get the art done and get my little pitch going. People already know what's up. You know what I'm saying? So I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna hit everybody up door to door style, and um and then like come June, you know, like we did the thing. I made forty five grand. Yeah. Like I turned two into to almost fifty. Yeah. You know I mean, I, I turned zero into two. Yeah. You know, uh, but I did that. You just. Well, I ain't gonna say I did it. We did it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was, yeah. it was, I did a lot of hustle. I did a lot of writing. My game mechanics are dope. But um, but hashtag TTRPD, she like believed in me and they held me up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to the homies. Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. But that's how that's how we got there. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I just, I took an L. <laughs> I learned it, learned yeah. the lesson, and then I just kept it moving. Yeah, it, it's really cool. I want to say, like, when I first started this project, it was in July. Prior to this, I never had any like real social media, um, like Instagram. But I'm like a once a year kind of guy. Uh, Same. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so when I got on Twitter, like especially you know TTRPG Twitter. It was like a whole new world opened up to me. Um, uh, most of it good, some of it bad. Um, but one of the things that was really cool was seeing that artwork, was seeing a game developed by a black man with a fucking black character on the front of it. You know, and I was like, this is wild. Like, it's so, because it, I just, you know, prior to that, it's like, what did I see on YouTube? What did I see on a podcast? Right. That's all I knew. Yeah. You saw like D and D, right? Like Mike. <laughs> And like cyberpunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and even cyberpunk, I wasn't really aware that that Mike Pondsmith created it or that, you know, Mike Pondsmith was a black man until I got involved. Like it was, I was just so oblivious to this yeah, whole thing. Like he, he's like very like kind of like just sitting in the cut, minding his own business. Yeah. And for sure. like I mean, sometimes I'll be like, I, I talk too damn much. I should be like Mike. <laughs> just can't can't be found hang out yeah <laughs> yeah mike just mike just in his little bunker just like putting out bangers you know what i'm saying yeah like, he let yeah. the work talk for itself <laughs> yeah i mean but it, it it's really cool and and you know i thought that 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 was one of those moments of just like oh shit like this is something that can happen and then i saw you know motherlands and then um i saw Yo. stuff that like quinn murphy was doing and it's just like Quinn and ciphering them yeah that's what's up yeah so it's really cool you know that there are uh black game devs out there um that you did what you did uh that you created a game that you're excited about and that other people are excited about obviously for you know the the stuff that you guys were able to do with kickstarter um you know what uh what what inspired that game like that style of game uh well i mean like i said like uh aaron was my first like real like introduction to game Mm -hmm. dev so like his work was really kind of like super influential to my own style yeah so like i went from from thrash to like uh stuff like um big eyes small mouth okay you know what i mean and then i started picking up stuff from meg baker like apocalypse world and all that shit then i realized that ttrpg is really just pbta and D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's a lot of it yeah yeah so it's like it's a good thing like, i read her shit <laughs> good systems yeah for sure like megan vincent then the homies yeah. uh and you know we got meg on the project too so like shout out to oh, that's meg. Awesome. yeah i call her i call her mama baker <laughs> Cause uh, between her and Aaron, you know, what I'm saying they're like they're like my game dev parents. Yeah, and uh, like going tracking my design lineage, so to speak. Right. Like yeah. Aaron himself was inspired by Beckton Z, which was Mike Pondsmith's kid. Oh wow! So shout out to Grandpa Mike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean, our yeah. story of games, like, hey, hey, you made me. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying, but like tiebreaker is is the result of like me going through 
this whole process where I was just like playing D and D, then I was just on the forge looking up all this shit, message yeah. boards, like RPG, uh, Reddit or whatever, all that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And just picking up as much as I can, and then learning the stuff that I really liked. Yeah. And learning some of the stuff that was hot, and then just saying I could do that, but I could make it cooler. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or I could at least make it more me. Right. You know, and like I know that um my spin on it is not going to be as familiar to um most audiences that play these kind of games, but like I feel like try my game out, my game is dope. Yeah. You for, know. Yeah, for for the folks who aren't familiar with it, like what's the uh like elevator pitch on the game and and some of the mechanics that, you know, because I think I, I'll say before you answer, like I've noticed recently, and obviously, like I said, I've only been in this realm for a short amount of time, but even in the short amount of time, I've learned a lot of folks are really moving towards narrative games. Like, I don't think d and never going to go anywhere, right? But mm-hmm. I think that there are a lot of folks who are like, okay, yeah, that's cool, but I want to do something that gives me narrative space. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, ha- what's, what is Tidebreaker and what are some of those mechanics that kind of that you you've come up with tidebreaker is a trad game made by is a narrative game made by a trad kid <laughs> like at heart like um what i wanted to do is i wanted to bridge the gap between the two design cultures you know what i'm saying okay um like i've got crunch in there it's not super math intensive the most you're going to get is a plus one or something yeah or a couple of plus ones depending on how much you break the system like uh <laughs> <laughs> but ultimately its roots are in narrative games like yeah. you know like i said like I, I read a lot of like fate i read like apocalypse world i read like all these little um lyric games that folk been putting out and, yeah. and then i'm just trying to like piece the piece the things together you know what i'm saying yeah and then i took those uh a la carte systems like thrash and big eye smallmouth where you can just kind of like say hey i want to build this and I wanted it to look that way mechanically, and then I can skin it to do whatever I want, right? Yeah. To make it look whatever I want. And uh, that's the appeal of those kind of systems where you just kind of like stack those modifiers up and say, this is a 45. Yeah. Or it's a Kamehameha. Functionally, <laughs> they operate the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a big ranged attack that blows a hole through somebody. Like, yeah. you tell me it's a bazooka, it's a fucking bazooka. Go for it. Have fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, like I took that kind of core and then I added the the um the little bit of the uh like hero point systems that came came out like in the nineties and kind of moved up to uh updated versions with uh evil hat stuff. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. And like that's that's the core mechanics of Tiebreaker in a nutshell. Like it's a die pool system, it's some hero points, and it's some funky things that you can staple together to make all kinds of dynamic moves and stuff in the game. And then there's a lot of collaborative world building stuff like thrown in on top of that, you know? Yeah. But it all kind of like, like melds together to, to make like a cohesive whole. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. I, I do remember there was, um, I, I've told the story a couple of times, but there was a moment in time when I was, uh, having a discussion with somebody on Twitter and we were talking about Dragon Ball Z and making that a game. And then I like just, on a whim was this like, Hey, Nick Quinn, how would you make a game work with, you know, super Saiyan gods? And then not really expect, I was expecting you guys <clears throat> to be smart asses, <laughs> honestly. Um, and then you came back with this like thread of amazing um, mechanics and a tier list and stuff like that. Like, was that stuff from tidebreaker or is that just something that you've been kind of mulling in your head? I did that on the spot. <laughs> yeah. See, that's absurd. Uh, you're, you're, you're brilliant so cool good job um I, no i i have no life is what it is <laughs> I, I live and breathe tabletop mechanics I, yeah. like game mechanics in general i love games yeah like i just i love all of the things that games can do you yeah. know and i spend so much time thinking about what more can we do with with game mechanics yeah how can we shape these to do X concepts? So you give me a game design challenge, I will take that challenge and then I will blow it out the park. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's super fun. Um, 
yeah, I I really enjoyed that, and I I think it it's just cool to see you know how that um, how that comes together because I you know when you're somebody like myself who's like all of this is kind of new. Um, game design seems really fun. It seems super interesting. Um, and you look at some of the things that people have created. Um, it's intimidating to be like, okay, like, yeah, it'd be cool to make a new system. Um, you know, but do I need to make a new system? What's the point? <laughs> like, is there a point? Like, you know what I mean? Like, how do you get people to have buy into that and stuff? Um, so I'm always excited anytime I get to talk to somebody who does um, game design and stuff like that to see, like, you know, um, these ideas and, and like how you come to these conclusions and stuff. Um, and I mean, I think, you know, dice pools, like you said, dice pools, hero points, that stuff is um, stuff that you can kind of use. But uh, as I've learned more about it, it seems like sometimes you don't really need to reinvent the wheel. You just got to make it work better for what people need. Yeah. Put some shiny rims on that muffin. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah. Making shit spin. <laughs> people are like yeah. spending rims are stupid and then rappers started taking that shit and everybody wanted to put a rim and spend it for a hot minute, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah that's what i'm doing like with tiebreaker i was like i'm just gonna put some spending rims on this dice pool system yeah. i'm gonna take that little explosion mechanic from feng shui and then alter that you know what i'm saying yeah. shout out to robin laws too like i ain't go tell him enough credit <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um, i mean I, I think and it's interesting too like now being in this game dev space like because you've probably seen it blow up you 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 know a lot of these folks by name um you know you and i've had offline conversations about other folks by name and stuff like i think you know looking at the space now are you encouraged seeing more and more people come into it love it yeah i love it yo like um i started doing this shit like uh in homebrew right when i was talking about like 2004 yeah. so it's been damn near 20 years since i started homebrew and shit yeah you know what i mean so yeah. like i've been some form of game dev yeah for 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 over a decade mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah and then seeing these kids coming through like 17 18 22 you know yeah. and they're like we gonna do dnd but we gonna make it gay as fuck and y'all gonna love it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like everybody gonna be kissing this shit and like you yeah. know, my tiefling is like fucking trans or whatever and I'm like, yo, that's what's up. Yeah. Do you? You know what I mean? Like I'm here for you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh I mean, I'm kind of asexual myself, but like <laughs> yeah. or like leaning. I'm still kinda like exploring that to be honest. Um yeah. but you know, and that's also just being part of exposed to just my mostly LGBT followers, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, for it's sure. Making me question myself a little bit. Yeah. I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but it's good question. Yeah. And like that kind of exposure to all of these new ideas and stuff from these fresh perspectives, I'm saying, yo, y'all doing it that way? Yeah. That's ill. Like, I'm gonna have to keep up now because y'all y'all gonna try to like <laughs> y'all gonna try to outdo me and my shit before so folks start recognizing what I'm doing before. So like let me <laughs> right. like you know, that's my inner competitive fighting game spirit kind of yeah, coming yeah. out. I'm like, y'all ain't about to show me up. <laughs> <laughs> I done did too much homework. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? But like I love it. I love seeing all these new devs come out and, and seeing what they wanna add to the space. Like it's great. Um it's honestly it's it's one of those things where i just feel like um i'm very happy seeing that these folks have come and they've adopted D, they've adopted all of the indie games and stuff and they're making things that i wouldn't even have thought possible yeah because part of the reason why i wanted to put out tiebreaker was so i could have responses like what you told me earlier where you mm. were like yo there's a black man doing this. There's a black yeah. dude on the cover, and that shit go hard. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. And then you look at the mechanics, and you go, "Yo, I want to do that. Yeah. How the fuck did he do that? I'm trying <laughs> to do that. You know what I'm saying? That's what I wanted to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I wanted to be that for black kids. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But like being able to see like folk like Quinn and them come up. Yeah, in, in game and and like you know what I'm saying and um. And knowing that there's a, like people around my age, like Tani and them, like mm-hmm. already and shit, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And they're already big, and I didn't know them. There was just I was just here discovering, right? And yeah. saying like, "Wow, y'all been doing this for this long already, and you like already killing it." You know what I'm saying? 
Like, I'm trying to be like you now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I thought it was just, you know, like like Mike and um, Chris Bivy and them, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. like some of the like older black heads that was yeah. um, been doing this shit for a minute. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, uh, so, like, I thought that I was more or less alone. And seeing that I'm not, and seeing that there's already new kids, like, I don't have to work as hard. Yeah. Because before that, I was, like, coming through here with like, this weight on my shoulders. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I hope that there's, um, because I I do see, like you said, there's a ton of new people. And, you know, I just did um, a game jam. I did my first one-page TTRPG. I've never created a game before and did one. Nice. Yeah. And thank you. Yeah. And it, and Yo, it was DM really that cool. to me. I will for sure. Yeah. Um, and it was really cool to like, even, you know, like, Oh yeah, I could do this. Like, you know, you know, take out trying to figure out new mechanics. Right. And just like, this is what the mechanics were giving you and make this game. And it was like, Oh yeah, totally. I get this. Um, you know, and I have a writer brain and and that's, you know, what I've always wanted to do since I was a kid, but I, I love that there's so many cool new games out there. I hope that more people start to, like selfishly, I hope that more people start to work together to make, you know, independent POC LGBTQ game companies that are putting stuff out, putting all these efforts together to make amazing big projects. Because I think, um, I mean, it's fun to see a ton of like really cool, brilliant one page, four page RPGs out there. Um, but it would be cool to see too, like what a bunch of minds working collab- collaboratively together can do. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm here for it. Yeah, like if somebody beats me to it, hire me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm at the same. I'm like, yeah, this would be really dope to write for TTRPGs. Like, I don't think I have to like try this on my own. But I think that's a lot of a thing that a lot of folks now, you know, are kind of coming to realize. Like, oh shit, I can get into this, but oh shit, you know, maybe maybe we can find other folks that are doing it. Um, you know, I, I live in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and Magpie Games is here. And so that was a really cool thing for me to be able to meet them. Um, and it's fascinating to see a company, you know, owned by a Hispanic man and, and his wife, like, come out of the indie space and, you know, have an all-time bestseller. Yeah. You know, like, folks be hating on Mark, but, I mean, like, Mark made nine mil, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like you could you could say it was mostly the avatar joint or whatever, but like, Mark made nine million. Y'all you still have to, like, yeah, you still have to make a good game. You still have to like, convince them like, to buy the know, game, <laughs> like, because like, because like, say, oh, it's just the avatar IP, okay? And like, before people like hear this shit, they go, oh, Nick's just saying, oh, well, you just saying that we're all haters because he's because he's rich and we're not, like. Yes and no, but like, hear me out first before you start dumping on me on Twitter. Yeah. The thing about securing an IP like that, and this is coming from a guy that's trying to get IPs himself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That shit is hard. Yeah. Like, doing the work that it takes to be recognized by a company as big as Nick of fucking Lodian. Yeah. Requires you to convince them that you can make them money by giving by letting them have your product. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like a good ass IP does not mean that you're gonna be making nine million. Yeah. Or even one mil. You know what I'm saying? Like um I've seen some companies that have taken stuff pretty fucking big, like Mega Man and shit, right? Mm-hmm. Like household name games. Yeah. And they make like way less than nine million. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if they made six figures at all, like 100K, like, it would be impressive. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But my guy did, like, exponentially higher than that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, but he put out a whole bunch of good, a good shit before that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the nigga that made Mask. Yeah. And that's and what, like, yeah, we talked about that. Like, you know, having having those games beforehand, and and you know, and maybe for some folks, it's like, oh well, you know, they came out of nowhere. Well, it, it may look that way, but like when he talked about it, it's like a ten plus year journey of just making yeah. stuff and not really making money. You know, having only a couple people working on these games to try to find success. You know what I mean? Yeah, as I say, Mark was one of the first people I discovered when I was. Uh... 
like doing my my homework in for for learning how game design works. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Um, and like he was already doing okay then. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, like this was like before Mass dropped. Like you think he was doing a? Why don't I want to call it Narcos? Cartel. Cartel, yeah. yeah. Like Cartel, like Urban Shadows and shit, and yeah. like that that stuff was doing okay. Yeah, like people were talking about that openly on on uh, on Reddit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, I'm doing okay. Go on Reddit right now and see if you can find me. <laughs> yeah. Ain't nobody talking about my black ass on Reddit right now. <laughs> 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 you know? It, yeah. Like, like niggas don't talk about me on Twitter. <laughs> like, I get like, yeah, I get a mention like maybe once or twice a week. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? But, like, I'm not in the general game design zeitgeist yet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I think Mark that's, is. Yeah. I think it's one of those things that's kind of, that I do find frustrating. Uh, I find a lot of things frustrating about Twitter, let's be honest. Um, fans of my show know that because I talk about how much I hate Twitter at least once an episode. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I just, like, that is one of those things that I think that even though, we are seeing more representation. We are seeing those things. It's kind of like the same thing. Like, okay, yeah, you know, Pathfinder made the Moonge expanse, but you look at Pathfinder's executive level and the people that they're hiring at that, you know, it's still all white dudes for the most part. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I think in the same way, like, yeah, people are recognizing that these games are out here or whatever, but it's always going to come down to the face that they see that they are comfortable talking about. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is unfortunate because, you know, I think names like yours, names like Quinn's um, should be talked about more. You know what I mean? You know, like, I I, I obviously agree with you because I want that for myself. (laughs) Like, it's something I struggle with every day because, like I said, like, um, I'm doing the work, but I ain't being talked about like that on Twitter. Yeah. I'm not being talked about at all on Reddit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, like, the the fact of the matter is, I haven't done enough work yet. Yeah. You know, my game, like I successfully funded, but I haven't fulfilled it yet. Yeah. It's not in the hands of any reviewers. That's on me. You know what I'm saying? Like once I get it in the hands of reviewers and let people look at it more, like maybe, but you know, I don't have a long list of like, uh, accolades or anything. Yeah. So how do I deserve to be talked about yet? Not really. You know, yeah. Like I, I am an interesting blip on the radar at the moment. <laughs> it's like, hey, where did this kid come from? In fact, there is actually one article about my Kickstarter campaign that came out from the first day, and they're like, this dude—not first day, like first week, right? Yeah. Like, like basically when I funded, like I we funded in like three days. Okay. And this guy was like, "Who the fuck is Nick Butler?" <laughs> Like, where did this guy come from? Yeah. Like, he has no prior games, no intro video, and he's funded? <laughs> like, what did he do? Yeah. I made a dope-ass game is what I did. Yeah, I made a dope-ass yeah. game, and I talked about it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, I think, I think, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, and I think that there, you know, and maybe there is something to that, too. Um, but I also think, you know, I also would say that people also aren't doing the work to even look for other creators. You know what I mean? To even figure out who's designing these games or, um, yeah. But is that their fault though? I don't know. I mean, I guess it's kind of, I don't know. Maybe not, but I think like what it comes down to is that, um, one of the things about TTRPG space like at least our indie circles, that a lot of us are like super anti-capitalist to begin with. Yeah. Which is going to hurt their success. But yeah. like on their end, they don't care. I am a capitalist. I do care. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to make money doing what I do. I right, want yeah. to be successful. I want people talking about my stuff. Yeah. My stuff is worthy. My stuff deserves it. And I'm going to do the work to make people notice. Yeah. I have not done it yet. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I don't want to do it just for me. Like I said, like I want to be that guy that has other kids looking at my shit and saying, I can do this. Yeah. And not just I can do this, but I can do this for a living. You know what I'm saying? For sure. And until I get to the point where I'm doing this for a living and I don't have to go to work on Wednesday, you know what I mean? Yeah. I haven't done enough yet. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. And like the fact of the matter is that once you get to the point where you don't have to work on Wednesday, it's because your work is popular enough where people are talking about on, the, on its own. Like we, they are out and they are on Reddit, they are on Discord, they are on Twitter, they are on whatever social media of their choice, and they are having their own conversations about your shit. Yeah. And it's not because they went out specifically to go look for Nick Butler. Yeah. They saw Tiebreaker because somebody saw that shit and they said, yo, Tiebreaker's that shit. Y'all should be playing this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Despite D&D being out there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, um, you know, the marketing that I'm doing, not enough. Like, it's my job to pull in to pull in new viewers and new players. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I have to go and make those partnerships with other people. You know what I'm saying? Um, I've been lucky and have had people come to me for that. Like, shout out to Utopia. Yeah. Um, Jess at Burst of Hope. Um, yeah. They came up to me and they were like, yo, you want to do a, a tie-in with, uh, with Kiana? And I was like, hell yeah, because I love their <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. And, and we had the Arc, the Archon. I think it's Archon, right? Um, their their setting got played with my system yeah on the first day of my campaign that's awesome yeah and um but you know i think that's because jess understands marketing yeah they're a very smart person you know what i'm saying yeah so like they hadn't had done something like that i probably would have flopped well yeah i was gonna ask you thinking about that like have you considered having a show having an, an actual play stream or whatever of tidebreaker like, Absolutely, but I yeah. can't afford it. Yeah. Um, having something on the lines of what, what Jess did, I can't afford that. Yeah. Like, Jess did that, and I didn't pay a dime. Yeah. Um, you know, like, they did that to help me out, and I will never be able to repay them for it. Yeah. Or, 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 I will. Once <laughs> <laughs> so I'm able yeah. to, like, hire people to do this shit for me, and I'll yeah. be like, you pay back just for that debt I owed them a couple of years ago. <laughs> um, yeah. You know what I mean? But like, but at where I'm at right now, I'm not going to be able to repay just, and I definitely can't recreate that myself. Yeah. Like not being able to hire someone as talented as they are to, to be a product manager, to be graphic designs, to pay a cast of like deep, well-known folks, or even just like people off the street to come and play my game. Yeah. You know, and and do right by them. No, I can't afford that right now. Like, no, I mean, it's yeah. really expensive. In taxes, don't even get me to that. Yeah, <laughs> that's a whole different conversation about like how expensive Kickstarter actually is. Like, y'all think I'm making money right now? I am not making money. <laughs> well, and then yeah, I mean, and now Kickstarter is doing a whole other thing. So yeah, and then Kickstarter is just like, hey. <laughs> How about we alienate everybody <laughs> in in one of our most popular categories? Are you okay if we pay you in cat picture NFTs? Is that fine? Or we are very <laughs> smart and great at business. Shout out to Kickstarter, completely sarcastically. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, which is which is which is hilarious because um, I have a friend that's doing a Kickstarter. I'm supposed to be writing for them. They're like two ran off of like ten days left. Mm. And I feel like their project is good, but yeah. because of Kickstarter doing what they did right before they launched, they might not fund. Yeah. And it would be no fault of their own. And that's, that's kind of tragic, you know? It is. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, you know, either Kickstarter gets their shit together or there's another platform that has the same kind of, um, that can take that foothold and, and help out, you know, indie game designers and stuff. Cause it sucks that that happened. Um, I mean, yeah, you you know, rewind the clock. If Kickstarter had done this at the beginning of the year, that might not be a you know Avatar Legends game. Um, mm -hmm. You know, maybe not to the same extent that it is now, uh, um, or you know, or Tidebreaker. You know, the funding that you have. So, like, I think that there's, like you said, it, it is unfortunate. Uh, it is a tragedy. I hope that something happens to to fix some that because it, it's going to put it's either going to put projects on hold that people are doing, or it's going to negatively affect them when they go try to get funded. Yeah. Um, currently what I know for an alternative right now is game found. Okay. Um, I've been hearing about that. 
and people have been uh, starting to like it. I think yeah. Indiegogo is straight too, but yeah. I haven't really heard anything bad about them. Yeah, I think it's probably, I think it's more of just like the folks that are already, like people who buy shit on Kickstarter or fun shit on Kickstarter. Kickstarter like, has already know user base. Yeah. They already have like a relationship with them and telling all of them to move over to a different platform is just going to hurt the creators. Yeah. Um, it's just the same thing where people are talking about migrating from Twitch and then going on to like YouTube right. or yeah. all the other streaming platforms. Like I don't really do streaming yeah. uh, to my yeah. detriment because <laughs> <laughs> I know that's where the money is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm going to try changing that this year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Just jumping on other people's projects because I can't afford my own. <laughs> but you know, it's 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 a thing where like uh, when companies make those kind of decisions, it it does a lot to harm the creators that have been relying on them. Yeah, you know, and uh, there is that like no, oh god, what is the what is the saying? No ethical consumption under capitalism kind of thing but it's also like you have to make a stand or else people are going to just keep doing dumb greedy shit yeah you know what i'm saying um and as far as i'm concerned i'm kind of like yo i'm still very much dependent on kickstarter and i know a lot of other people are still very much dependent on kickstarter so like what do i do you know (laughs) while still trying to be ethical like when it comes down when it comes down to it like i do need to make money you know, because mm-hmm. if I don't, I can't help other people. Right. So, yeah. like, I feel like I'm in this position where, like, I'm going to be forced to make, like, shitty decisions for the um, sole purpose of getting ahead. Yeah. You know, and it's like, do I make those decisions and get ahead or do I end up making those decisions and flopping and then still having to live with being a crap person, too? You yeah. know, so it's yeah. like. Like I, I hate Kickstarter right now for that. <laughs> right. <laughs> for making me have to think about all that. Yeah, I don't blame you for sure. It's uh it's it sucks, man. It's tough, you know. Um I was gonna ask you, you know, in terms of your game, you said you do you did some of the writing, like is the writing aspect of it, um, is that something that you enjoy as well? Um, or is it just the mechanic side and then, you know, get somebody to help with the writing? For you. Oh, I do all the writing for Tidebreaker. Okay, gotcha. Um, yeah. the only the only writing I did not do were a couple of tables that Aaron's doing. Yeah. Um, the guest spots for the grooves, which is uh Gabe James, Meg yeah. Baker, um Nick Masick, and nice. most and like a whole bunch more about myself. Yeah. And uh, Nick Masick also did like some of the examples and stuff for some of the mechanics. Because like I originally did them, but I'm like these examples feel flat, and I hate writing examples. Could you like just do that for me, and I'll give you some money? <laughs> yeah. And uh, she was like, "Yeah, bro, I got you." And I was like, "You're a lifesaver." Because <laughs> <laughs> like I was just at the point where like I wrote all the fluff, I wrote all the mechanics. Like I needed a couple of like incidental things, and yeah. I was like, I have a little bit of extra funding. Y'all want to make a couple of dollars and just help me like fill out these blanks real quick. And then people were just like, yeah, sure. We got you. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Did you, um, uh, I mean, are you, have you started thinking about like your next game? I know, obviously, you still have stuff that you have to get done for five but (laughs) (laughs) I've heard like four games since. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Like, I'm lying. I wrote two since. Um, I'm working on two more at the moment. But like, if you if you follow me long enough on Twitter, like I I write random thought threads where yeah, I'm yeah. like halfway through a prompt. Like by the time I'm done with the with the thread, yeah. Like really, all I gotta do is like clean it up and do the dice math, and I could put out like a five page game. Yeah. Like just based on those threads, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like uh, I work stupid fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which was like one of the problems I had when I was working with Smunchy, because I was like, dude, I'm done and i am bored get me some art it's much as like i have a flagship title i have expansions to do and other games yeah wait and i'm like i don't want it <laughs> yeah and so and so like i i spent the time just fleshing out stuff more and i added like 50 pages within yeah. that last couple of months 
So I was like, well, I mean, since I have more time because I'm waiting, I guess I'll just like add like a couple of subsystems and stuff and just do a whole bunch of other things and blah, 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 blah until I got dropped. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, I was just like, let me just clean up what I did so I can just be done. You know what yeah. I mean? Because mm-hmm. like now that I have to pay for printing costs and shit, oh crap, I wrote too much. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Damn it. Do we need those words? Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I do. Yeah, you do. Because yeah. people have already seen the game in its current state. And if I <laughs> cut out like half of it because printing's fucking expensive, I will have a lot of people that are mad and probably not want to buy the game anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's really cool that like I think that it's it's interesting to get your perspective on all this because um, you know, I think that there's a lot of folks out there that like I said, who are coming into their own when it comes to game development, um, who have thought about like ideas. And I think understanding the reality of what you're getting into is important. Like it doesn't mean stop, you know, or give up or whatever. Like, but I think it it does. Yeah. But it does, it does mean, you know, you have an opportunity to kind of look at these things and understand what you're getting yourself into. um, And, you know, you know, have maybe some resources of people to reach out to and stuff like that of, you know, Hey, how did you do this thing? How did you, you know, understand this part or whatever it is? Um, you know, obviously Kickstarter, like we said, is going to be its own issue, but, um, but it's not the only place that we can get this stuff done either. So scope is important too, man. Mm -hmm. Um, if you build too much, you will find that you will be quickly overwhelmed when you come to terms with the cost of everything. Right. Like yeah. getting art, like I got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars per piece. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Like, like, uh, like a dude like Dave, he's not cheap. Yeah. <laughs> um, sure. Like, he's, he's flexible if you talk to him. Like, David Joyce is a good guy. Like, um, you know, but like, he's also like top tier comic book style art. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And like, he's a smart guy. That doesn't want people playing him. So like, right. like you know, like if you want David Joyce quality art, you go and pay David Joyce rates, and that shit's hundreds of dollars a picture. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you need that tier of art? No, unless you're trying to be in bookstores. I'm trying to be in bookstores. Yeah, but like you don't have to go and shoot to the same levels that I am. I'm overly ambitious. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, like I'm very much like fucking Icarus. Like I'm just waiting for the sun to melt my wings and, and die in the ocean somewhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, but like, that's not the only path you can take. You know yeah. what I'm saying? There's a lot of, there's a lot of different models for, for business within tabletop RPGs that you can adopt to, to be successful. And your definition of success is going to be different from mine. And if it's mine, you still don't have to follow my path. In fact, don't. My path was bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, if anything, talk to Mark Truman. <laughs> yeah. Like, he makes more money than I do. You should figure out what he did. <laughs> um, and you can find that episode here. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, I totally, I totally uh, understand where you're coming from. I, I think it's, it is, it's still so cool. You know, I, I hope, um, you know, for all the success for you. And I hope that, uh, um, you know, once you get all this stuff sorted out, you know, people, people start talking about Nick Butler and, and, you know, and getting excited about this stuff. And I will say too, I do, I'm starting to do one shots on my show. So, you know, in the future, when I get my hands on your game, I will, you know, absolutely run a one shot of, of Tidebreaker. And uh, I don't have a big platform right now, but yeah, I, I will gladly play this game. So. I mean, like anything that comes out is good. Is good for me. Good yeah. for the game. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Um, so like I'm down for it. Like if you want, it, if you want me to come along, I'll come along. Like oh, yeah, uh, if you don't want me, that's cool too. Because <laughs> like, because like, like really, like I said, it's gonna come down to people playing it by themselves. Yeah. You know. So like, if there's more games where I'm not around and they can just see how it works in the wild yeah. and still like it, you know, then the game will have proven itself for real, for real, yeah. you know, which is why the, uh, the arc, um, stream was like so important mm-hmm. because guess who wasn't there? 
<laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I wasn't at the table. I was going, oh, gosh, Sharon, that's not how you do that role. So, <laughs> I'm going to have to rewrite that, aren't I? <laughs> No, he did a great job jamming it, though. I'm like, yeah. I ain't gonna hold you. That shit's amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I got to talk to him. I was like, did I write that wrong? And he was like, yeah, some of the stuff you wrote was a little confusing. I was like, oh, fuck, I get that all the time. <laughs> like, I've gone through so many different, like, rewrites for Tidebreaker to get it reading the way it does now. <laughs> uh, I mean, um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't feel too bad. Like, I even myself playing, because, like, Pathfinder 2E is the game I play most with, like, my home group. Mm-hmm. And there's still like times now where I'm like, we, I, I did a one shot recently for my podcast, a bonus episode, and we were in the middle of the game, and I was like, the focus points don't make any fucking sense to me. Like, I don't know. It says you only have one that doesn't that your tenth level character. That's impossible. Which focus points are like extra a certain spell that doesn't cost a, a spell slot. It's like its own little spell slot. And so I was like, like, for like for yeah, like an arcanist. Uh, it was like for a bard, yeah. And so the and I I didn't understand the rules that the bard has its own special like bardic inspiration is its own cantrip that it can use. Yeah, is the way it's listed, but it shows up in the focus pool. So I'm like, there's like you, a lot of archetypes that like spin charges of bardic inspiration to do yeah. other stuff. The same thing with like paladin smites and magus um, arcana pool. And yeah, like. Pathfinder has a lot of here's your class feature. Now here's how to do cool stuff by abandoning your class feature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I was just like, you know what? You have six now because I have no idea how this works and I'm just going to move yeah. on. But it's like, so, you know, we're talking about like Paizo, which is like p- possibly the second biggest uh, oh, publisher. Oh, absolutely the second you, biggest. You, yeah. You know, and, and some of their shit is confusing too. So, you know. Yeah. But like, you know, they have... <laughs> A, a whole like stable of like industry veterans and like you know occasionally they get like a new guy to come in and write stuff for them too yeah but like paizo is also a huge huge company yeah well i wouldn't say they're huge like as far as like how many employees they have um because i've right. heard of like their actual size but like it's pathfinder like, itself is huge yeah. yeah yeah you know um it's dozens of books with all the stuff that like interlinks to each other, so like there's going to be some blow and some confusion bound in there, like yeah. And a lot of the writers are going to do that very similar things, but different enough where the contents is going to feel off. You know? Yeah, so it's and it's a like, 600 page book, like it's fucking yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, man, you know, it was it's uh it's so cool to finally get you on the show. Um, I'm excited that you know I'm glad I got to meet you and and yeah, definitely. Like I said, I'll. I want to play your game in the future. And uh, yeah, I just want to, you know, keep the conversation going. I'm, I'm excited to see what happens with this. And, you know, I'm looking forward to your next project, man, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad to be here, man. Like, Thank I love you. doing interviews, dude. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, well, it's I'm, I'm excited. I finally got to get you on. So um, this will be out the first week of, of February. So, um, you know, we'll... Uh, We'll get some some stuff going there. But um, yeah, man, for sure. Let's play some games in the future or something. We'll do something together. Yeah, for sure, dude. Thanks, man. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you would like to reach out to us, check out the many options on the Anchor app or anchor.fm on your browser. You can also reach us at secretnerdpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe to the show. And if you'd like, leave a review to help us grow this thing.